grace to and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God that we hear for our meditation this evening is from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 to 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that he should not return to Herod, they departed from their own country another way. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is true. Amen. Proverbs 29.4 reminds us the king establishes the land by justice, but he receives bribes, overthrows it. When the king rules well and in peace and justice, the land thrives and prospers and the people rejoice. Therefore, we have good reason to rejoice greatly with the wise men this evening, for the true king is born and rules in our hearts. It seems like for the past 15 years, maybe even longer, we've heard very little on the news other than stuff about refugees. Refugees from Libya, refugees from Sudan, refugees from uh, Syria, from South America, from Eastern Europe. Sometimes it seems like Half the world is trying to get away from the place of their birth and to someplace better. They're seeking a better land, aren't they? They're seeking a way to escape the sorrows where they come from. They're seeking a, a king, a nation, where justice and mercy and freedom is the, the rule rather than the, just for the lucky few. It's easy for us to be unappreciative of what we have and what we've grown up with. It's easy for us to be discontent with the little things that we disagree with about our leaders instead of appreciative for all the many blessings that God has given us in our land and through our nation. It's easy to forget how lucky we are even if not everything is perfect. And not everything is perfect. Our rulers aren't perfect. They're not Jesus. They're not without their problems, to be sure. But 
this land, our nation, our king, our government is quite a bit better than a lot of the lands those refugees are fleeing from. And therefore, we have good reason to rejoice. We have even more reason, of course, to rejoice in the birth of Jesus, the true king. If it's easy for us to forget to be appreciative of the blessings that we have in our native land here in America, it's even easier to forget the reasons we have to rejoice at the birth of our true king. The wise men in our text traveled like those refugees traveled a long and difficult journey from a faraway land in order to get to the king whom we have grown up with, whom we have had our whole lives. And when they found that king, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. We often forget that, that joy that the wise men experienced at finding the king. We forget the, that joy that is ours through him. In, our, <clears throat> in the beginning of our service, we read responsibly Psalm 72, and that describes for us that the beauty, the joy, the wonder of living under a good king, specifically under Christ. He will judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. The mountains will bring peace to the people and the little hills righteousness. It's time to put away the sorrow of this world, isn't it? And there is sorrow in this world. But now is the time to, to set aside the sorrow of this world and to rejoice greatly with those magi, with those wise men who saw the birth of Jesus as we see him this evening as well. You know, in our text, the people of Jerusalem trembled with fear, didn't they? They trembled with fear. The people of Jerusalem, the people of God, the descendants of Jacob, trembled with fear. But the wise men from far off rejoiced greatly. Why? Because the people of Jerusalem only had Herod for a king. But the wise men had Jesus as their king. King Herod was a, an Edomite. He was a descendant of Esau. You remember Esau, Jacob's brother, uh, the one who Jacob deceived and stole the blessing from. The descendants of Esau lived to the southeast of the land of Judah. It was not, it was not Esau who received the blessing. It was not Esau who received the, the promised land of Canaan. It was the descendants of Jacob who received that land. King Herod was a descendant of Esau. He was not of the people of Judah. He was certainly not a descendant of David. He had no right to rule in Jerusalem. He was king by deceit. He was king by trickery. He was king by force. And because he became king by force, not by right or by truth, he ruled by force. When he was angry, the people of Jerusalem trembled with fear. Those who rule by force cause sorrow. But Jesus is the true king. Jesus is of the line of David. As we heard in our, in our gospel reading, born in Bethlehem, the city of David, announced to be the true king by the angels and by the star, born of Mary, who was descended 
from David and adopted the adopted son of Joseph, who also was descended from David. Sometimes we might wonder why the Gospels go to the trouble of making it clear that Joseph was the descendant of David. From our way of looking at things, we would say, well, that doesn't matter. He wasn't Jesus' father anyway. The only thing that matters is, was Mary the descendant of David? Well, that's our way of thinking. But it wasn't really the way the Jews thought. Jesus was adopted by Joseph, and that legal adoption was important. Probably that legal adoption, the, who your father was legally, was sometimes more important than who your father was genetically. Adopted by Joseph, he was the heir, the true son of David. Being the true son, the chosen one, the descendant of David, who would rule on David's throne, he doesn't have to rule, like Herod did with force or with fear. Rather, he rules in truth and justice and grace. He rules in the hearts of his people. The wise men don't just present presents to Jesus, do they? They present him with their whole heart. They worship him. The Greek word there is a little more than just they come and sing hymns on Wednesday night. The Greek word means to prostrate before him. They present themselves fully to him. He rules in their hearts because he rules by grace, by peace, through the forgiveness of sins. He rules as the true king appointed by God. And therefore his rule is not a rule of fear like Herod or of sorrow, but a rule of Rejoicing as he enters our hearts as our king. Herod gave the, the Jewish people desiring to be loved as king, desiring to force the people to acknowledge him as true king. Herod did everything he could for the people of Israel. He, he built them a beautiful new temple. He, he built fortresses for them and an army. The, the nation of Israel prospered under King Herod. Indeed, from a, an external viewpoint, many might say that Herod was a very good king. Prosperity flowed into the land of Judah while he was king. And yet the people hated him. They loved what he offered, the wealth and the riches, but they didn't want him as king. Jesus doesn't offer us wealth and riches and prosperity on this earth, does he? But he offers us the forgiveness of sins, the knowledge of truth, eternal life. The wise men didn't come looking for riches. They came looking for the king who would rule in eternity, the king who would forgive their sins. He ruled in their hearts. The same is true in our day as well, doesn't it? Isn't it? Our government gives <clears throat> riches and prosperity far beyond anything any other kingdom of this earth has ever given its citizens. And yet, it doesn't create a joyful nation. Indeed, violence and discontent and depression and suicide are higher than they've ever been in our nation, even, even though the prosperity is greater. Those who seek a king who gives earthly prosperity, who think that <clears throat> that's what's going to, to give joy, those who think that the joy of Christmas is the amount of presents under the tree, 
are going to find their joy lacking. Those who come to Christ looking for the gifts that he offers, not the gold and the frankincense that the wise men gave to Jesus, but the forgiveness of sins that he comes, came to give us, they will rejoice. Ecclesiastes 5.10 reminds us, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves abundance with its income. Even though the people of Jerusalem hated Herod, even though they knew the birthplace of Jesus when the wise men asked, even though they heard that his star had appeared and that the king, the son of David, had come, they don't go looking for him. They don't join the wise men. Even though they didn't like Herod, nevertheless, riches ruled their hearts. Even if they didn't like Herod, they liked what he stood for. There was no room in their heart for a spiritual king, because they had already filled it with an earthly. But the wise men, not desiring an earthly king, seek out Jesus. They searched him from a much greater distance than the people of Jerusalem, and they found a king that took away their sorrow and gave them joy. You go on with sorrow. Rejoice. Jesus is your king. There's many different kinds of joy, isn't there? There's the, the joy of falling in love. There's the joy of pie and cheesecake, which I'll be having after the service here because we have one piece of each left from Thanksgiving still. <clears throat> Those joys are, there's the joy of a, of a long summer, summer, a beautiful summer day by the lake too. And those are good joys, but they're, they're fleeting. And then there's the joy we hear about in the, in the psalm and in the reading from Micah and in 1 Peter and in our sermon text as well. The joy of a, a king who rules in our hearts righteously, under whose rule and authority the land is blessed and the people are at peace. And isn't that a beautiful passage that we read from 1 Peter that <laughs> despite the sorrow of these days, the sorrow that we deal with now, we still have the joy of our king in our hearts. The joy of Christmas. The joy of the birth of the king who, who gets rid of sorrow and rules in peace. Jeremiah 23. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. Sorrow not. Rejoice. Your king is born. Amen. So we continue with the responsive reading of the Magnificat, page 14 in your bulletin. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For 
And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. We continue with the offering. 